Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. A show where a nerd fits in. The Riley and Kimmy Show. Kimmy! Do you want to sing the jingle? No. You can. What jingle? Our, our jingle opens the show that you listen to every day. It goes, The Riley and Kimmy Show. Come on, you can do it. The Riley and Kimmy Show. The Riley and Kimmy Megacon just around the corner as we record episode 874 of the Riley and Kimmy show. We are literally just days away from Megacon Orlando, and we have a special guest on this episode, moderator, panel host, MC, uh, entertainer, and very good friend, Mark B. Lee. Hello, Mark. Yo, hey, hey. How you doing, Patrick? But is this really your 800 and something episode? 874th. Good God, man. Kudos to you. That's fantastic. And, I'm proud and, of it. And you kicked off this episode by singing our jingle. I, I did? Yes, you did. Because I have When did you get I, I have that recorded. You, Remember I recorded you at uh, a certain comic book shop recording uh, or singing our jingle. That's so funny. <laughs> and, we, and we use it from we, and we use it from time to time to spice things up. Well, don't torture the audience, for God's sakes, especially now with my voice. Oh, I, I don't even sing in the shower. It's, well, that's a lot. It's fun. And, you know, we even have George Lowe singing the Riley and Kimmy show jingle. Well, that is awesome. So George is incredible. You are, <laughs> you're in good company there. Uh, I, I don't know about good company, but I'm in company. <laughs> hey, 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 now. Now, I, I'm surprised you allowed this interview because I have a feeling you're a little bit busy because – I, you know, Kimmy said to me before sitting down here for 874, she's like, you know, he's doing like a dozen panels. Uh, he's moderating like a dozen at Mega. I go, a dozen? She goes, haven't you been paying attention? I said, well, I know he's got all these big names he's going to be talking to and um, going to be MC of uh, their their discussions, their Q&As. I go, a, a 12? And she goes, yep. Is that true? 12? I, I, I got a headache just thinking about it. I got a headache yeah, just thinking about it. You know, I'm one of uh, Dragon Con up in Atlanta, the, the biggest and best convention in the world, in my in my opinion, in terms of quality and production and things of that nature. But uh, last year at Dragon Con, they had me doing 13 and doing the 13 panels plus hosting a night at the Georgia Aquarium, which is sort of a cosplay uh, night at Georgia Aquarium. That just about killed me. And I, and I mean that literally. Mm. I was I was doing maybe one meal a day. Um, I barely had time to pee. Um, I barely had time to uh, massage my voice. In fact, I, I was a little raw by time. The last thing I had to do was a, a freaking three or four hour auction. Oh boy! Um, but 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 yeah, they you know Megacon's got me really um, stacked up here, and it is. And I'm looking at my list right now: one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Yes, I do have twelve duties to perform at Megacon this year. Now, have you talked to these celebrities before of the 12? Is there a, a few of them you've already have a relationship with? That is correct. A okay. few of them I, I, I have always, uh, that I've known before, but um, one in particular who I consider him my father and, and, and I am his son solely because we possess the same last name as Stan Lee. Um, <laughs> so I, I have hosted this panel, and I, I think that was... Dragon Con, I think, up in Atlanta when I did that. Uh, so yeah, I, I have um, I have hosted uh, a few of these folks' panels before, but the majority of them, I would say, ninety percent of the people on this list, I have never uh, worked with before or met in my entire life. Okay, so we know you know Stan Lee. Mm -hmm. You 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 know his basically his style. You know how you can yes, get. Yes, I do. So you know what how to get him to talk, which I would assume be pretty easy. Um, yeah. The the others we have here that were that you have no clue of the ninety percent. When mm -hmm. will you physically talk to them? When will, be, will 
Well, is, is first, there a first of, off, I need. Go there, ahead. I'm sorry. Is there a green room time ahead of time before you take the stage with them, or is it they bring them out and that's basically the first time you've met? Well, I always make a point of um, once they are at their signing booth, if they are there soon enough, if I'm not doing anything on another panel, I always make a habit of introducing myself while they are signing autographs. Uh, just a real quick uh, uh, verb, but, but basically what you just said, uh, in the green room, if I don't have time uh, to see them in the signing room uh, or the signing table, I will seek them out in the green room just to make myself, uh, uh, just to introduce myself and let them know that I'll be the one that'll be handling their, their panels. And, and, and I usually ask questions of them while I, you know, as soon as I first meet them before I introduce them on stage. Do you ever get at that at that stage where they say, where somebody says, and I don't want you to out whoever it is, but it says, you know, Mark, I'm really, I'm petrified. Um, this, this is just, you know, either the first time or they just got that fear because, you know, those especially who are not stage performers, meaning, you know, plays and things like that, they may be kind of unfamiliar being around big crowds. Uh, I've gotten at probably 70% whoa, of the time. Whoa. People who, even if they are, you know, seasoned um, convention goers, uh, they, they still have that, just like myself, uh, I still get that sense of nervousness when I go out on stage, that, that sense of unfamiliarity, that, that kind of, uh, you know, cold fear uh, as I step out on the stage. But there are some celebrities at their first time convention. Danielle Panabaker oh. uh, is probably a great example. And she portrays the, um, what's the character's name on The Flash? Well, she's the female well, she's scientist. Like, and she's also the villain, Killer Frost. Killer Frost, yes. Um, we had the opportunity at MegaCon last year of hosting her. It was last year or the year before that we hosted her for her first ever convention appearance. And it was really um, not Robert Amell, but his cousin, um, the other um, Amell. It was Robbie Amell you were with. Robbie, uh, Robbie, that's it. Robbie Amell, who asked if I could take it easy on her because this is the first time convention and we were back in the green room and we pretty much sat and talked and I gave her some idea of how we run things on stage and what to expect and things of that nature. And, and she did perfectly fine. She was, she was absolutely fantastic. There is another actress whose name I will not divulge. Okay. Who is part of the Star Trek universe who during two conventions that I hosted where she was in attendance, one being overseas in Germany, that she was basically a deer in headlights. Oh, no. She did not react to the audience. She basically didn't respond well to the audience. And I had to be out there with her at times to act as some sort of catalyst. Oh, boy. To, to get her to answer certain questions. And when she did, she was responding directly to me and to me only. It was one of the most uncomfortable experiences I've probably had on stage with a celebrity. Now, I've seen in the past, like, uh, I would assume it's better to have more than one celebrity uh, just because if case somebody, I mean, this is going to sound bad, but in case somebody kind of freezes up on you, you have that backup uh to work there i i've seen i won't out where it was not it was not a con you have done a convention but i've seen where there was two celebrities and one obviously was very uncomfortable so the other one picks up the slack you know and starts deflecting in a very good way i, I recognized it uh taking more questions you know and just answering maybe even giving longer answers than they ever would uh because because and that, that is and that is when it's the job of the moderator to recognize that kind of stuff and basically to um, immediately step in. Yes. Uh, not basically take over the question and answer session in, 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 in a way of, of being the answerer to the questions, but um, to, to try to bring some sort of levity to the situation where you do. And I've had that happen to me as well. And, and, and I've also had the flip side of that happen to me as well, where you would have during a group panel session and you would have one celebrity who would basically take over the entire panel and oh. you see that and you recognize that and you have to find a way to interject uh, somehow a question to another actress or actor on the stage with that celebrity who's taken over the panel and get them to engage. And I 
uh, and I won't divulge a lot of privacy stuff, but I, I was thanked on a few occasions backstage for performing that kind of, of maneuver, shall I say, where you interject. And I've, I've had fellow panelists, which are the actors themselves, pull me over to the side and say, Mark, that was brilliant. That was fantastic. Fantastic. This guy was just going to take over. And, and I, you know, basically go, well, I thought you guys were, you know, you acted, you know, I thought you guys worked well together on the set when you perform. I said, look, we go there eight, 10 hours a day and we do our job, <laughs> you know, and we have direction yeah. and we have lines to read, you know. <laughs> right. There's a, there's a director that is say, you know, cut. <laughs> So exactly, exactly. I, I'm curious, what was your very first con as MC Ooh. moderator? Oh my goodness. Um, um, it, it would have to be in Baltimore, okay. I, I think. And, and that's where I got my start with the crews up there in Baltimore. Uh, and, um, that's when um, I was asked to basically step on stage and, and, and introduce somebody. Okay. And the, the moderation started later on in life, but in terms of getting up on stage and, you know, um, uh, performing an introduction for someone who's about to come out on stage, that happened, you know, literally 30, 35 years ago, I would, I would think, uh, with me doing something like that. The moderation of panels basically started when I was doing, um, I think, conventions on cruise ships. I used to... Oh, really? Uh, you did cruise ships? Yeah, I did the Sea uh, Trek cruises. I did about, I don't know, five, six, seven of those uh, where we would literally take over an entire cruise ship with, with, with the Star Trek convention. And uh, that's how I was discovered by the Germans from overseas who were actually passengers on that ship. And they invited me to come after their third year. They're in their 25th year now. But after their third year, they asked if I, I would come over and emcee their events. And uh, so that's basically the transition, how that worked for me, being uh, a staff person with the convention group. And then basically getting thrown a microphone and say, get up there on stage and say this guy's name to basically, hey, sit beside this person and, and handle this, this, uh, this panel until where I am now. Wow. That makes any sense? That, that, that <laughs> does. That does. I mean, you, and okay. one, of the, one of the things I try to tell people, those who uh, you know, don't know you yet, I say he truly is a nerd. He truly is a geek. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, really? I go, yeah, he really is. I go, I've had conversations about vintage comic books with this guy and, and then TV shows and movies. <laughs> I mean, let, let me tell you how, how much of a nerd I am. Number one, I'm a, I'm a big, uh, and you know this, I'm a big Saturday morning cartoon fan, especially from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Yes. Uh, I grew I grew up on Space Ghost and Mighty Might Tour and and Herculoids and, and and things of that nature, and I still watch them to this day. Uh, I'm a diehard fan of um, classic cartoons. Period. But when I was even before then, I was into comic books, and the guy that is the top guy in terms of comic book distribution in the world, his name is Steve Jeppy of Diamond Comics. I was one of his main customers when he had a little comic book store in the basement of a house in Baltimore, Maryland, that I used to go to every freaking week or weekend. And I was called by him, uh, Mike Grell, uh, because I was a huge fan of the artist, Mike Grell. And every time I walk into Steve's store, that's how he would, you know, he would label me as Mike Grell. And now Steve is the he runs the probably the only comic book distribution house in the entire world called Diamond Comics. And uh, yes, that's where I started, dude. I, I remember buying comic books when they were only 12 cents, folks. 12 <laughs> cents. Yeah, I'm, I'm dating myself now, but it's the uh, truth. They were 12 cents when I was buying them. That's right, 12 <laughs> cents. And, and, uh -huh. and then, well, they went from 10 cents before our time to 12 cents and then jumped up to that big 15 and then eventually 20 and 25 and it kept going. You know, I think I stopped buying comic books on a, a routine basis when they got up to probably a dollar fifty, maybe $2 range. At that point, I just stopped completely, you know. You couldn't uh, cold you, turkey myself. You couldn't have taken uh, pop bottles back, soda bottles back to uh, get, your, <laughs> get your comic not, book. Not, not the Steve's shop. No way. Not oh. the Steve's shop. I wish I could. <laughs> <laughs> now speaking. Yep. Of, so I am a nerd. 
Well, mm-hmm. speaking of your Saturday morning cartoons, I would assume with your 12 panels, there's not going to be a Saturday morning cartoon panel? Yes, there will not be. Oh. Okay, that, that is correct. That There, there is uh, too much going on. You're going to put me in a hospital, um, but I'm going to make sure that it's on the schedule for um, um, for Tampa, uh, Tampa Bay Comic Con. Uh, I'll make sure it's on the schedule because I think that's where you first attended one yeah. of my cartoon panels. Yes. Was it Tampa, right? Yes, it was Tampa, and I, yeah. I'll i be attending it again in Tampa. Yeah. I'll, be, I'll be there yeah. with you. Yeah, it's, it's too bad that it's not going to be um, there, but I, I'm going to try and figure something out between panels or as the room is loading or something. Maybe I could have up on the screen. I'm not sure yet. Oh, Mr. Improvise. Oh, He's going to improvise. Well, <laughs> yeah, well I n- never improvise. I mean, I'm good at improvisa- improvisation, but it's basically going to be just be prepared in case the opportunity presents itself. Nice. Now, yeah. And I know you're preparing, you know, you obviously are preparing questions and things like that. But I got a question for you as as who oh, I consider no. as I consider the Yoda of emceeing here uh, and doing, oh, no. doing Q&A's. How on earth? Oh, no. See, I'm jealous of you. You're 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 going to be doing so many panels. I, I, I am jealous of but especially Adam Westenberg Ward. And my question yeah. for you is, how do you ask? I mean, what are you doing without revealing the question? You're going to want to ask him something. Get him to talk about something he hasn't talked about 150 billion times. That is a perfect question, Patrick, my friend. I've got to applaud you for for asking that question and what I'm about to tell you. Um, because, oh my God, if, if, if not for the opportunity, if not for the times that are happening right now, this is the absolute perfect question that you've just asked me. Oh. I have worked with Adam West and Bert Ward before. And I'm going to remind them because they may have forgotten. And this is how we work together. Back in the mid nineties, it could have been 1995 or 1996. I was the MC, the host, and actually the co-organizer of a convention that was being held at the Atlantic City Convention Center. At that convention, we had Adam West. I'm not going to get them all. Adam West, Burt Ward. We had uh, um, the guy that played the Beaver. We had uh, Bob Denver, who was Gilligan. We had uh, um, Don Wells, who played Marianne. We had Clayton Moore, who played the Lone Ranger. We had uh, Jonathan Frakes from The Next Generation, LeVar Burton from The Next Generation, Michael Dorn from The Next Generation. And I know we had a couple more people that I can't remember right now. But the place that we were being housed, we were being hoteled in, was Trump Castle. There was a day during that time when Adam West, Burt Ward, myself, and I don't know, a few other people, we were in uh, the lobby. Uh, Not necessarily the lobby, the hotel, because I remember we were closer to a nightclub that was uh, closed off there. I was playing outside of that ballroom or outside of that nightclub with Donald Trump's kids. I was playing ball with them in the hallway. Donald Trump was inside the uh, the uh, the uh, the nightclub that was closed off. It was just closed off. He had a huge bodyguard while Donald Trump was on the phone in a booth in that nightclub. I wanted to go in and basically speak to Mr. Trump to thank him so much for allowing uh, us to reside in his hotel, which was the Trump Castle Hotel. Donald uh, went up to the bodyguard and told him what I wanted to do. Donald motioned me over. I sat with Donald Trump in a booth and I basically told him, thank him, you know, thank you so much for everything you've done to us. I was just outside playing with your kids, yada, yada. And he was saying, is everything okay? Is there anything that you guys need? If so, don't hesitate to ask. Thank you so much for being here. We appreciate you having these celebrities in my hotel. That was in the mid 90s, Patrick. And that's a story that I'm going to try and remind them on the stage to see if they remember. Just not to, I, I just can't, I mean, this vision of you and Donald Trump together. Um, uh-huh. Is there a photo of that anywhere on planet Earth? No. Oh. It is not, a, but guess what? 
My proof, hopefully, fingers crossed, will be coming out of the mouths of Adam West and Burt Ward when I bring up this story to them on the stage. That is priceless. <laughs> yep. Donald Trump had us in his Trump Castle Hotel when we had the Atlantic City. What, what did we call it? I forgot. Oh, my God. I can't remember the name of the convention, to be honest with really? you. But uh, it was the Atlantic City Convention Center when we had that convention. But uh, that's my memory of actually interacting with Donald Trump during those days. And see, I can now say Mark B. Lee says Donald Trump's a really nice guy. Well, you know what? He was. <laughs> I, but you know, and not to throw politics into into the ring here. We're, we're all, not. We're, but I play with you on this. I just think it's funny. I, I know, but I, I just wanted to say that I had absolutely no problem with him back then. Okay, that's. I'll leave it there. All right, we'll just we'll <laughs> stay in the 1990s when we talk about Donald and you. So it, 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 frozen, <laughs> in the 90s, yeah, frozen in time, right there. That's just that, yeah. just frozen. So yeah. So you're going to open that up and try to you know work that as a, a way to go down a different path. Uh, so obviously they're not going to be – that's not a question they've been asked <laughs> at, any, yeah. at any convention. Because, because one thing I, I don't talk about when I'm on stage is politics and religion. And I think politics and re religion have no place in a public forum at a convention. Uh, there are comics that relate to politics and, and comics that relate to religion – uh, that's all well and fine. You can go ahead and have those discussions with people at a panel if they were responsible for those comics and so on. Right. But when you when you when you bring up those subjects and you don't realize realize how much that could divide an audience and turn things absolutely total totally negative, then I think you are totally unaware of current events as we speak. Well, let's not. Well, let's face mm -hmm. it, people are at that convention. One of the reasons is it's escapism and are trying to get away sure. from that big, bad world that's out there. You know, they, Absolutely. You know, and so this this is their their playtime, and you don't want to be reminding them that, you know, that's out there. It, absolutely. And, and, and unfortunately, I am going to mention the Donald Trump story, but only for the fact that we met him at a convention. It has nothing to do with uh, – what's happening right now. And I'm going to preface that before I even bring up the story. <laughs> this is not a political endorsement. <laughs> That's what you got to, not you, at all. You got to make sure of that one because somebody might actually go, Oh, I didn't know he, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, right. So, uh, mm -hmm. I, I just think that's going to be so cool talking to those two. Um, you know, uh, by the way, make sure you, you talk about dogs with Mr. Ward. He loves dogs, by the way. I, if you haven't figured well, that out, because, he because loves dogs. So, yeah, so do I. And I have uh, some other uh, uh, things to ask anyway, especially of Burt Ward. Burt Ward had, was trained by a uh, martial artist who was also a friend of a friend of mine. So I'm going to bring up that martial artist's name to see if Burt actually remembers. Whoa. Yeah, and at, at, it, my friend will be in the audience to listen out for the answer. So, oh wow, um, I, that was a great little tidbit that I got from my friend because he was actually the same guy that trained him and his son. So, I, I need to uh, to bring that up as well when I see him. There is a martial arts story of Burt Ward in uh, Return to the Bat Cave. I think it's the title of uh, Adam West's mm -hmm. biography, his autobiography. Yes, he. I don't know if yes. you have access to that. You might find that. Of I have so much research. Yeah, I have so much <laughs> research. And here's here's one of the things, especially when you're a good moderator uh, on stage, you also have to realize that the audience basically knows 100 times more information about the person that they're there to see than you do. Mm -hmm. So the reason that there is, in fact, a question and answer session is a good opportunity for someone to actually, the moderator themselves, to actually be educated about the person that they're sitting on stage with. Uh, you don't necessarily have to know every single tidbit about every celebrity that you moderate when you're there on stage. That's not your job. Your job is basically to control the question and answering session and make things go smoothly, to interrupt when you need to uh, for various reasons. Um, it's the audience who has the history on the celebrity that's up there on the stage. And I am always entertained and educated, okay, by the knowledge that's given to me by the audience about the individual that's sitting right next to me right there on the stage. So I don't need to delve deep 
into Adam West and Burt Ward's uh, life or anything of that nature, because there are a hundred people out of those thousands of people out there in the audience who's going to mention that anyway when they get up to a microphone. Now, when you, I, I, I kind of know this answer, but I want those who are going to be attending your panels who may not have attended before, you mm-hmm. kind of prep people ahead of time about the Q&As uh, and give them little tips, correct? I mean, it, it, prep oh. and who who am I prepping? Just, I'm just I know what you're asking, but I just the, want the audience. The, the audience, the the attendees. You yes. before the celebrities come out, you give some little uh, warm up tips, I guess. You know, if they decide to walk up to that microphone and ask a question. Absolutely, I have never, I've never been gobsmacked by anybody. I, I've never been. Uh, a fanatic, which is the uh, uh, full wording of the term fan. I've never been a fanatic about anybody. I've been honored. I've been in awe of various people that I I have um, been with in in my years of moderating. There's nobody that makes me go absolutely gaga or, or, you know, it's not like the Beatles. I never have a Beatles uh, situation when I'm with Uh, any celebrity, but I am aware of the ones that are, and I respect the ones that are. There are people that sit out there in the audience and they can't believe that so-and-so on that stage is five feet, 10 feet, 15 feet, 100 feet from them. They have been worshiping, watching, appreciating everything that these guys as actors do for them and they are at Megacon to show their appreciation. That, that, that equates to the attendance that's in the room and the line during their autograph session. That's sheer appreciation, and that's where the word fans basically attribute it to. Um, but there are situations when someone gets up to a microphone to ask a question, if they even get the nerve to get up to the microphone and ask a question, where you see that they're nervous, you see that they're excited. You see that they may say things they didn't mean to say. And one of the jobs of the moderator is to help out the person who's asking a question if they need the help. You, you'll, you'll know when they don't need help from you at all, just to give them a little bit of time to get the, the word out. But one of the things that I stress, and I'm going to go ahead and run all of these down, that I stress before I bring someone out on stage is, 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 is things you don't want to do when you're standing in front of a celebrity or a room full of people. And that is, you don't ask for a hug. You don't ask for a kiss. You don't say, you know, I have someone who's in the hospital. Uh, They couldn't get to the convention, uh, but I have them on the line right now. And it would be great if you could say hello to them. Don't do that. Okay. Don't, don't say I have a present for you. Uh, Can I give you this teddy bear? Uh, this is for my school project in order for me to get an A in my film class. Can, can you say something in the camera? Don't do that. The rest of the people, okay, that are inside that room are not there to see you. They are there to see whoever it is standing on the stage minus me, okay? You are butting into not only their time, but, 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 something that they themselves, the audience, may consider entirely rude. Now, I have to play bad cop because you don't want the celebrities to come out basically being the bad guy, although some have in the past. Uh, Some give me a look. And that's when I basically have to disappoint the person at the microphone who wants to do all of those things that I just mentioned. You do have your FaceTime with that celebrity closer than you are sitting in the audience at a theater when you are in their autograph line and you go up to their table. At that point, it's out of my my hands. It's whatever their handler or their manager or agent, whoever is there, wants to allow, wants to do, as well as the celebrity themselves. But not during the panels. Do not ask to do any of those things because it won't be accomplished. And, And I hate for you the fans to be really embarrassed in a room full of, you know, 5,000, 6,000, 8,000, 10,000 people because you were not allowed something that you were probably hoping to do for the last year when you knew these guests were announced. 
So that's one of the things that I ask when you, and also make your question brief. There are some people that like to get up to the microphone. They want to tell their life story. Oh my God, Adam West, I've watched you since I was so young and I remember, and because of you, you have uh, 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 allowed me to go through school and I am a detective with the police force here in, in Orlando, Florida and blah, blah. Some of that is fantastic and okay. A very, very tiny percentage of what I just said is cool. But when you continue on and go on and go on and go on and you haven't even gotten to the question yet, you are taking up the valuable time of the person that's in line behind you only because you did your fangirl moment right there in a room full of people when you could have done your fangirl moment right there at their autograph table, but not during those panels. Panel uh, uh, That is really not the coolest thing to do. And, 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 and I say this and people can be mad, mad at me for even saying this all you want. But guess what? You're going to be now <laughs> labeled throughout the rest of the convention because people are going to say, well, there's the guy that took up my time and I didn't get a chance to ask my question only because they went on and on and on. And I'll end it at there because I'm going on and on and on. <laughs> uh, hopefully that doesn't happen too often at the cons. Where you often and it, it does. Yes, it, yes, it does. Too often. It, it really does. And, and it really stops the flow of a, uh, a you know, panel room or panel discussion like that. It really stops the flow of it. And it's really embarrassing for everyone around. And I feel sorry for the person who knows they're going to get ostracized now because of what they just did. Uh, I really feel bad for the celebrities who either had to say no or said, well, I don't really do that kind of thing, or it wouldn't be fair for me to do it to you. And then I have to do it to everybody else. It happens a lot. Now you, I, I, I I'm pretty sure you probably get occasionally, not that often, but you probably occasionally get from a celebrity saying, um, Mark, I don't want to talk about X, Y, Z. What on earth happens when X, Y, Z comes up? Uh, Guess what? What, what? what does Mark do when somebody goes X, Y, Z? I, I respect it. I absolutely respect it. And on a point uh, previous to that, basically, I am the one that always asks first. Hmm. When, when I find them uh, backstage or when I find them in the green room, preferably I like to do it hours beforehand and rather, you know, uh, than backstage um, because you do you If you ask them hours beforehand, they have the opportunity of giving you a reason why if they want to give you a reason why. And I was I was prefaced like that when I was up in uh, Atlanta just last year, year my conventions run in where I was pulled to the side by a celebrity who was afraid of a internet group that were a little bit on the obsessive side. And that person said to me that that group is probably in the audience. And what should I do if that group ask a question to come up? And then from my experience, I would tell them what's gonna happen if they do get a question from the audience that is very uncomfortable to them. I know literally through improvisation what to do, hopefully successfully, luckily successfully, uh, if those questions are given to that very celebrity, I will step in. So the actors at some point will say to me, well, Mark, uh, uh, I don't wanna talk about my marriage. Uh, I don't wanna talk about money and, and blah, blah, blah. But, 95% of the time, I'm asking them before they even tell me. And then what you have to do as a moderator, you really have to play it by ear. You have to sniff the air and you have to kind of kind of suspect when somebody comes up to the microphone of what they're going to ask or what they're going to start off with or what they're going to end up saying. And you have to get in there quickly. Your intention is not to embarrass anyone. Your intention is to bring a little light to the situation that has just occurred and literally try to massage that in such a way that everybody is laughing at the end. It doesn't always work, especially last year up in Dragon Con where I did get the, the, the idea. Oh, let me, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'll, I'll finish with the story first. 
where um, at Dragon Con, someone brought up a highly, highly, highly religious question to this guest. And the guest looked at me and I knew exactly what that meant. And I interjected. I kind of jumped in there a bit and without ever, ever insulting anyone to kind of bring some levity to the whole question that was asked there. I jumped in, started to attack the question, not in a negative way, but basically attack the question and then was immediately pulled back. Because at that time, a celebrity decided that that person was going to answer this question themselves. That they had literally, at the time that I started attacking the question, they had a thought. They had a second thought. And they said, Mark, I'm going to answer this. And if I was that person standing at the microphone at that time, I would, after what that person did to the question asker, if I was that person at the microphone, I would have put a bag over my head and immediately left that room and headed for my car back home (laughs) because that celebrity did an awesome job in responding to that question. And that happens a lot. People will want to throw politics and religion into uh, any panel discussion that I've ever been involved in ever. Now that totally surprises me at, at a geek oriented setting. I mean, that, that does, that just totally uh, floors me. Well, you know, when I was doing shows for 20 years in, in, in Germany, um, Oh my God, I hope you have time on your tape for this. Because, oh, we uh, can, I, we can go for a day. We got like 24 hours. Oh, we can go. good God. Just keep well, going, buddy. You know, I, well, I have stories galore. Um, and, and, and one being, a uh, story with Leonard Nimoy. Uh, there was a time when I was doing shows here with, with Leonard, when I was at shows with Leonard, shall I say. Um, and, and this story actually ended up in print uh, from a rabbi. Uh, Leonard Nimoy had um, concerns about going to Germany for his first convention. Okay. He was convinced by his rabbi Okay, after he had approached this rabbi, and this is not a, a, a secret story or anything, this is in print. Uh, he was convinced by his, by his rabbi to attend the convention. And the reason Leonard Nimoy had qualms about attending uh, a German convention, it was because he was Jewish. And for years, he had turned down all the invitations for going to this convention that I hosted in Germany. Uh, because I was, you know, friends with the organizer and, and, and helped organize the event to some uh, respect and actually was their MC for many, many, many years, over a decade, um, the organizer and myself had had discussions about Leonard's concerns and, and why he was turning down his request to come to Germany. Well, once the two perfect storms came together, me talking to the organizer about why and his rabbi talking to Leonard about going Once those two came together, Leonard Nimoy attended his first German convention, and I forget what year it was, to be honest with you, but I had the pleasure of hosting that event, introducing him on stage, and literally holding up uh, the microphone to him as he described to the audience how he came up with the Vulcan salute. During that entire time where we were while he was, you know, in Germany at the event, we've had, you know, dinners together, some drinking together. Well, not drinking, drinking, but you know, whatever. Uh, and and discussions of of how nervous he was about getting in front of a German audience. And it was incredibly fascinating, um, incredibly humble. And I was very, very gratified that he did come to Europe for his first convention appearance with the help of his rabbi, who did put that in print. Uh, I'll try to sing and send you a link, um, Patrick, so you can read it one day. And I ended up actually calling that rabbi to tell him how glad I was that the story finally showed up somewhere and and, and how much uh, uh, I appreciated the same sort of scenario that I had with the opposite side, which was the German side in terms of, of, of having Leonard at this convention. It was incredible. 
Uh, it's something that I'll never, ever, ever, ever forget. And I'm glad that I helped uh, usher in his uh, appearance in front of a German audience. Fantastic story. Yeah. I mean, that is more involved. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, I mean, that, that is, I mean, yeah. that, that is, that's beautiful. Um, yeah. My, oh, did, did, oh, I didn't tell you how he came up with the Vulcan salute. Have I ever told you the story? Well, I kind of know what it is, but I'm going to let you, because okay. I'm, I'm a, I'm a Trekkie Trekker freak, but I'm going to let you share with the, our listeners who may not know. Super short, very, very super short. Um, when Leonard was eight years old and he was taken to the, uh, the synagogue, synagogue to service, uh, there is a prayer ceremony where you're not supposed to look at the rabbi while he's conducting this ceremony. Literally, you're supposed to put your head down into the pews and uh, the, the rabbi is supposed to go uh, about his prayer service. Well, Leonard, when he was eight years old, decided that he was going to look up. He was going to sneak a peek to see what the heck all the hubbub was about. And him being eight years old, you know, that's typical for children. When he looked up and saw what the rabbi was doing, that vision stayed in his mind for decades, 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 until he was basically hired to uh, be in Star Trek. And, and they had asked him or he told them he wanted to come up with some sort of Vulcan salute. The Vulcan salute, as you see now, where he raises one hand and spreads uh, those double fingers apart. That it was basically held up, extended in the air with both hands and both of those fingers spread apart as the rabbi was saying the rabbi prayer. That is where the Vulcan salute came from. It was Leonard Nimoy at eight years old who stole it <laughs> from the Jewish religion, and it is now history. Yes. <laughs> now we've made some some Trekkie trucker out there happy. <laughs> well, I think it's a story that a lot of people should know by yes, now. Yes, yes. And you know, unfortunately, yeah. I think it's not known, actually, that part, unless, you know, the people like you and I that, you know, really, really love right. Star Trek, unfortunately. Uh, it's, it's Absolutely. Or it's been forgotten, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> now, I'm going to ask you about yeah. panels here back here, you know, because you got some monster oh. monster panels. You got these, you know, 12 panels. Yeah, well, and I know it's going to be hard to guess here, but what would you say lineup time is for your panels? What would you suggest? You know, I'm, is it going to be different per celebrity, or would you say it's going to be basically the same? Like Adam West, Burt Ward. What would you say be wise to be getting in line for? Well, uh, what it would be wise to get in line for? Yeah, you mean you know because let's face it, you you just can't walk into the auditorium where you're going to be. You have to line up and oh uh, oh oh, oh. absolutely. And there is a cutoff. I mean, let's face it, only yes. so many can get into that auditorium. Yes, correct. The more popular panels, uh, I suggest you are you line up an hour and ninety minutes beforehand. I, I really can't suggest what time to be there. Mm-hmm. But I'm emphasizing how early you should just by saying those numbers. Uh, one of the most popular panels is going to be the John Barrowman panel, which I don't think I'm going to have time to introduce him on stage like I've done in the past. Uh, that is always a standing room only panel. And uh, they do cut people off when the room goes to basically capacity. Mm. Um, it, it is the, the Dynamite premier panel of Megacon for you guys to see, in my personal opinion. Because it is it is very hilarious and it is very R rated, but John Barrowman is probably one of the most panel uh, most popular uh, uh, performers at any convention that I have ever seen in my entire life. The guy is off the hook crazy. Yeah, um, and I I recommend seeing him in the panel, but I also if this is one I really recommend if you're hesitating on getting a celebrity photo, get one with him because he's he just yes. he loves doing that and it's obvious. He loves showing off. He's a clown. He, he's, he's a huge clown, and that will be a act capacity panel. Um, also, capacity ca panels will probably be the Adam Westbrook Ward ones. Uh, the Harry Potter one will be probably at, at uh, capacity. Ming-Na Wen just did oh. a, a panel in Ottawa, Canada last weekend, and she did a selfie. Actually, she did video uh, from the stage of her audience out there and my mouth just hit the floor mm. that was an enormous and for my experiencing inventions that was an enormous amount of people and if that says anything about the popularity of her alone 
then we and that was a much smaller con than what we're going to have next week. So I would strongly suggest that you get in that line early too, just because of what I saw in Ottawa, Canada, in terms of the number of people. Um, you know, there's a couple other celebrities that's going to have the Frank Miller one will probably be packed too as well. Uh, so you, you got to get there early. Um, you have to be patient. And there's a lot of panels you're not going to see because some really either overlap or bump up against each other. So that is a good problem to have for any convention organizer because he knows he can fill two rooms on the same hour because of the popularity of the guests that are that are that are happening at that time. Now, what are yeah. you guessing? How many? What What do you think the attendee level is going to be at this show? The hundred and hundred and five, hundred and ten thousand. Well, here's my other problem here. Uh, from experience, there are promoters out there who do not accurately count the attendance level mm. of their shows. Some promoters will take a purchase of a three-day ticket, okay? Okay. As a purchase by single by one single person and multiply that by three. Really? So the, if you come Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, then they say, well, three people came, not one person came. Interesting. And I'm not, I'm not saying that that's what Megacon does because that is not what Megacon does. But I do know other promoters who I will not name that do do that. Wow. They count the attendance numbers by the number of tickets that they sell. A weekend ticket is not a single weekend ticket. A weekend ticket is a three-day ticket. Wow. Okay. So... I heard a number that San Diego Comic-Con had uh, mentioned. Now, you know what? That's unfair. It, this number did not come from San Diego Comic-Con. I actually saw this number mentioned on another source. And they had mentioned the, the attendance number of San Diego Comic-Con, I think, last year at 165,000 people. I don't think that was true. And I can't prove it. But I just got a gut feeling it's not true. I've been to San Diego Comic-Con a couple of times. I had to stop going because it was just too monstrous for me. And um, pretty much on the same line as the way Megacon has gotten, but still is something for people to go see. But um, if I were to put a solid number on bodies for the weekend, of uh, or even any one day for Megacon, I would say between 105 and 115, which is insane for any show around the world in terms of attendance level. That's, yes. that's just an insane number. In fact, when we had 84,000 people there last year or a couple years ago, I get my conventions mixed up again. Um, only at 84,000 did we shut down the 528, known as the B-Line, which is a highway expressway uh, right outside the convention center because of gridlock on, on the roads out there. That's right. So, so I want to warn people, if you are, in fact, coming to uh, the convention and you plan to get there a certain hour, okay, please pad on two more hours in front of that, and that is when you should leave your house or expect to be there. OK, um, it, it's it's I, I envy people that have to drive there every single day for convention because I can almost guarantee there, there there's going to be some highway problems. But you have to plan ahead, just like going to the airport and the way, you know, the TSA is handling the lines down at the airport. You have to uh, kind of relate that to Megacon this year. So just be prepared, plan well and come out and have a fantastic time, regardless of what kind of headaches you had getting there. Now. You, for those who don't know, Megacons underwent a ownership change from the last spring convention till now, uh, mm -hmm. to now. Correct. What yeah. differences have you seen? What can people expect that you can reveal uh, of any changes um, for those who have been to Megacon before? Uh, is there is there going to be something visibly different? Uh, well, you're guess is as good as mine. So I can basically tell you what I've already experienced so far. Okay. This is a incredibly professional group. Not that Christine or Beth Wadera, who ran Megacon last year, 
Not that they weren't. They were incredibly professional as well. And they are dear to my heart. And, and, and I, I just love those two and will do anything for them, yada, yada, yada. This is a corporation that has uh, obtained Megacon. Um, the corporation does other things outside of conventions. They are a, a, a financial investment corporation. They have 150 offices around the world. The conventions is a offshoot, is a subsidiary of the corporation in, in, in terms of the, the, the Megacon is under their umbrella. So because Megacon is being owned by a corporation, the pockets are a little deeper. Uh, I think that they can uh, uh, entice other celebrities into attending Megacon because of what they can afford them, what they can guarantee them in terms of money. Um, their connections are probably a little deeper too, although Megacon with Beth and Christine didn't do too bad in terms of getting celebrities to their shows, but because Informa being an investment corporation, I think uh, they have you know, probably more contacts as well. You know, um, the differences that I'm going to see with the acquisition of Megacon, with Megacon Fan Days last November being their first outing in terms of the Megacon uh, uh, label here, we're going to see some really huge and incredible guests that we probably have not seen prior to them obtaining Megacon. Um, I think the operation of the floor, uh, the operation of the autograph lines and the photo ops. I think the operations of my stage are basically going to maintain the same. Um, they haven't stepped on my toes. Uh, they haven't told me to do anything differently. Um, I've always been someone who knows that there could be improvement in everything that they do, but in specifically in the way that my stage is being executed. And uh, they have basically been open to every suggestion that I've had and um, I haven't even implemented everything that I wanted to happen during Megacon, which, by the way, will be um, a new change, which I, I, I will mention now. Last year, I had a number of um, intros uh, before each panel that I did um, showing a montage of the actor's career on the screen before I brought them out on the stage. The gentleman who does that for me, his name is Thomas Morgan, and he's incredible if you saw the Doctor Who panel that I did last year and a couple other panels this year. Well, Megacon has basically taken him on to provide the intros for almost all of the celebrities, not all of them now. It has to be in a room that has the projection system there for it. And he is feverishly working on that now. And I have already seen the Batman, uh, the 50th anniversary Batman video intro that's going to be played prior to me bringing Adam and Bert out on the stage. And it is going to be awesome. He is now working on the rest. And I'm looking forward to seeing all of those. But I'm trying to bring that level of entertainment to our panels, or at least to my panel, um, to Megacon. And it seems that they are... 100% behind me in doing that after they've seen the samples that I've sent them already. And they have also hired Thomas and I, because I act as sort of a director for all these that he's producing. They've also hired Thomas as well to produce these intros for their Dallas show the week after. So that will be some sort of change in terms of my department. I would, Are you there? But yeah, yeah. I was, I was <laughs> okay. trying to think, I was, I was sitting there thinking, so, we're going to see a little change with you, the the stage presentation, but uh, mm -hmm. the con itself probably. I'm I'm you know there's not going to be like oh my gosh this is just a totally a different convention. I I I would think for those who have been for the last you know five years. No, I'm I'm going to say that things will be added. I don't think things will be subtracted. I don't think things will be. If, if people out there have problems with certain uh, uh, things with Megacon, this needs to become, you know, come to us in writing, comes to come to Megacon, not to us, not right, to me. Right, right. But it needs to be sent to Megacon in writing and, and uh, let them take that into account as to something they probably didn't know until it was mentioned. And that's where you guys come in. You got to mention it. You got to say something um, because if they don't notice it, they don't think anything's wrong. If, if you don't say anything about it, they don't think that there's anything wrong. So I think so far, 
what's been going on with Megacon and it's, it's decades that it's been running that uh, everything has been each and every year an improvement. And if, and imp- if something hasn't been improved, then it needs to be pointed out because they, if they, if they didn't know it, then they're not definitely going to know it now. Mm-hmm. Um, so what you've seen in the past is mainly going to be the same, but only uh, the notches are being stepped up a bit. I think uh, having all of the vehicles um, that you're going to see in Megacon this year, like the Batmobile, the Batcopter, for God's sakes, things of those that nature, that's going to be there to show. That's something that we haven't seen in the past. Um, so that's kind of ramping up a, a, a bit too. Cool. So I, I would expect that. And you mentioned Dallas, Texas. So uh, what? Yes, just, Dallas, what, what, Texas. Yes. We, are you getting a cowboy hat? Do I call you Jr. Um, so, you know what? Let me, let, me, let me tell you something funny about that, though. The only – I'm going to say airport. The only airport that I have ever flown into where the first thing I noticed was me being in the freaking Old West was Denver. Okay. Denver Airport has more people walking around in boots, huge belt buckles, the shirts, and the huge cowboy hats than any city that I've ever been in. I think Dallas is probably more <clears throat> contemporary than we than we realize. <laughs> I've been to Dallas a few times. I, Dallas Fort, well, more, probably Fort Worth a little more uh, cowboy. Um, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but you know, I'm going to get you a cowboy hat. It's going to be a cheesy one. Oh, so God. I got to, you know, and you're going to be yeah. you're going to be putting the spurs on, and you're heading to Dallas to do Megacon sister convention, right? Megacon's uh, yes, Megacon sister convention is uh, Fan Expo Dallas is called, and I've been hired to uh, moderate that show, which is the right the week after. Megacon, so I'll be flying to Dallas within, you know, less than seven days, five days after the convention end, basically. Um, are you prepping for that one as we speak? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I, it's so funny, though. I haven't even started thinking about that one yet. Um, their lineup is just as incredible as Megacon. There's there's, there's uh, different actors there, some of the same, some some of the actors that's going to be at Megacon are going to be at Dallas also, but there are names that are on the list that aren't going to be at Megacon at all. So um, I, I, I could use the same notes that I have at Megacon over in Dallas, but um, I, I will probably use the week between or the five days between the end of Megacon and the beginning of DallasCon uh, uh, to bone up on some of the folks that are going to be at Dallas and excluded from Megacon. But right now, I am only concentrating on Mega. All right. One last question about Megacon with you with this. Are you going to watch any video of yourself in these panels? Oh, my God. I hate it. No, I never do. You don't? Um, I, I, no, I don't. It's, it's, I have in the past, and I hate it. I, I, I hate seeing myself. Uh, I nitpick about everything about me. I, 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 I see things that I know I could have done better, or I shouldn't have said that, or, or oh, my God, my suit is wrinkled. Um, somebody just sent me a video of uh, – FedCon when I hosted years ago because this was the 25th anniversary of the German convention known as FedCon and they were doing a you know a, a memorial uh, kind of thing and well I'm not dead but I'm just saying that they were <laughs> 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 well some people would say that. I don't know. Ex- ask my ex girlfriends I guess but they they were basically talking about the past the last past 25 years and I you know I was I did more than half of those shows you know. So I was including a video and someone sent me a link to it and I didn't realize that it was a video of me in it. and I saw it and I just pretty much, you know, kind of, you know, winched in, in, in horror and, and turned it off. So, no, I do not look at videos of myself. I don't. All right. I, I didn't know if you were one of those kind of actors, you know, that some, some, <laughs> some, some will watch themselves. And I, I know that, you know, I've, I've interviewed those in the past and others will like, no, no way. I know. <laughs> I just trust the director. It's OK. It's OK. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what, did, what did Gloria Swanson used to say in that, in that movie? Um, oh, for God's sakes. Are you talking about, are you talking about Sunset Boulevard? Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. You remember her response when uh, someone asked her, I forget what the question was, but her response was basically classic. You remember the the answer? Uh, Are we talking about when only the pictures got uh, the pictures? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. She's something about, uh, what did she say? I'm no longer a big actress. And she says, um, no, it's not the, 
Oh my the, God! Was it the pictures got smaller? I can't remember. I know the yeah, scene you're talking. Yeah, she said it's the picture that got small, and you got me trying to freaking. Uh, because it's really close. I think maybe what she's talking about, you know, she didn't have to have sound. You know, she acted with her eyes, <laughs> her face, I, I, and they didn't need I sound. Did you find it? Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I sound. I, I don't have the question that was asked, but here's her answer, and she says. Uh, I'm still big. It's the pictures that got small. <laughs> now, do I have to watch out here? Are Are you hinting a little bit with Sunset Boulevard? Are you gonna Are you gonna turn and, and uh, you know if I'm there, and you're gonna go. I'm ready for my close up. No, no, I'm actually I'm actually talking about the complete opposite of that, which is I don't you. act in that way at all. So you know, I was kind of using it as the 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 anti actor. Um, scenario there where, where you know, I, I no way am I that stuck up on myself where I, I say, you know, yeah, you got to have me at all your cons. Otherwise, your con is crap. You would yeah. never hear that come yeah. out of my voice. I have seen, and this is the truth. I mean, it's one of the things I think it speaks volumes and I'll probably make you feel a little uncomfortable. I have seen you actually clandestine at another con and you've, you've went to the panels and you you don't draw attention to yourself. And I even watched where somebody goes, hey, M- Mark, are, are and you're like, no, shh, shh, shh. <laughs> and uh, I, I've seen you do exactly. that. I've seen you exactly. do that. I'm not going to steal anybody's thunder. And I say that when I'm up on stage with a celebrity. You people are not there to see me. I'm, I'm, I'm not here. I'm not here. Just imagine. Do like the penguins They're, you know, in, in Madagascar. There's nothing to see here. I'm not here. Whatever. I, um, and when I attend somebody else's panel, I, I don't want the same thing. I'd rather, you know, uh, uh, slither in the back of the room and and be there to enjoy the panel. I am not a celebrity. I, I am no one that you should um, pay attention to. In, in all honesty, you shouldn't, unless I have some inf- important information I need to tell you. Should I ignore um, you from and, now on? I just ignore you? Well, <laughs> that's, that's preferable. I mean, I you know... You. I, I, you know, I would appreciate that I'm not here. Let me go about my business, whatever. I was signing autographs in Germany the first few years that I was there. Actually, every year that I hosted those conventions. And it was the most embarrassing thing that I've ever seen, you know, in my entire life and couldn't understand what's wrong with these people. You know, they <laughs> just wanted my, my name on their program book and stuff like that. You know, no, guys, uh, there are people out there who uh, relish the attention and uh, the recognition and feel that they should be paid attention to, and, and I'm the best thing. And, and, and this is bad to say, but I can call out a few cosplayers out there who, who equate to that. And not all of you, not all of you out there, but there are some that I think has gone straight to their head. And I am no way want to be considered those types. So I'm not. I'm there to entertain you, to make you happy, to make you smile. And the most important thing for me uh, at any panel that I do is that you walk out satisfied. Now, if you come up and you thank me and say, great job, or that was funny, or whatever, that's the biggest compliment that I can get, uh, short of money. So, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I won't do that. You know, I won't uh, bring that attention on me. Well, Mark, I'm going to let you get back to uh, preparing for Megacon and Dallas. I appreciate you being on this show. I hope you'll come back on uh, in the very near future, and maybe... I know you won't have time, but if I I will have a camera with me at uh, Megacon if we can get you to do a quick video. Well, you know. Well, before you go, if I if I must say, uh, I I understand that you have joined the Megacon family, <laughs> that you yourself, because of your exemplary, exemplary, I can't even say that word, your 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 incredibleness. <laughs> I get like this that you have been asked to moderate. A few of the panels, granted they're the comics panel because I don't need any more competition for God's sakes, but that oh. you <laughs> yourself have now become a Megacon moderator. And I just have to say that they could not have picked a better person to carry on the tradition of improvement of such an incredible convention. Oh. It is an absolute perfect choice. You're going to be incredible at it. You're going to be fantastic at it. And I am just happy that you were approached uh, to be a part of Megacon because of how incredible you, in fact, are in what you're doing. And I'm just over the moon to uh, uh, right now to, to, to see you up there on the stage 
and and talking to an audience about things that we geek over all the time. So great job and huge applause uh, to I you. I didn't expect Patrick this. Riley. You you caught me off guard. Um, I didn't know we were doing the mutual admiration society here. But that's are you kidding me? Are you kidding <laughs> I, me? I, 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 you know, there's a hundred there's a hundred people out there that can do my job, but oh, they no. have grabbed you, and oh, I think geez. that is you, you got a true professional in there right now. Thank and, you, and, and that's just fantastic. Well, fantastic, buddy boy. The, the, Congrats. The, the, Thank you. The first panel I'm doing, I will be a quiz master. Okay. Day day one, there'll be a quiz thing going on with a Marvel fill-in-the-blank game. And then on Saturday and Sunday, it's one of the uh, sketch, both days will be sketch duels with some very big name artists. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, that, mm-hmm. that's my work. which is which is which is going to be totally awesome because everybody likes games. Everybody likes game shows. Everybody likes watching people perform games. Oh yeah, and you, you're gonna you're gonna have a, a sellout audience in that room, a captive audience, if anything, and uh, that's going to be fantastic. How you're going to be executing that because uh, th- that's a talent in itself. Well, thank- uh, I don't know if I can do that kind of stuff, but that really is a talent in itself. So I'm really, really rooting for you, buddy boy. Well, thanks. Now I'm getting scared. Thank you, buddy. <laughs> thanks. Now, now you're giving me the, the, the jitters. Thank you, pal. You know, Patrick, but remember, I will be in the back of the room. You oh, will yeah. notice that I'm there at all. <laughs> no, I, I saw you do that for the first time at Lee Majors over in Tampa Bay. Uh, oh yeah, okay. and, and Richard Anderson, you were you were almost like the Invisible Man or like the Predator, you know, going into cloak mode. I'm like, I Absolutely. said, I said, Kimmy, go, that's Mark B. Lee, and she's like, it is. I go, I think he was just at Dragon Con, <laughs> and, then, and then there you were, you're right behind me. I was like, oh my gosh, he's here, but he's quiet, and I couldn't believe that. Yes. I was like, he didn't draw yes. attention to himself. Uh, I will not steal the spotlight from anyone, and, and I am as much of a fan as the next person, so I'm, I'm in my geek zone then as well. Visit RileyandKimmy.com to connect on social media and for archive podcasts.